0: Hey, it's Kathy Opp. Deanna Brown. From Pink Grapefruit coming at you today with a fresh topic.
1: We are. And this is something um, for a few of you that know us really well. Boy, can Kathy and I get going on a topic <laughs> or two that can get under our skin and uh, is one of those that just triggers us to no end. Well, you guys are all going to get to listen to one of those today because Kathy got in a wormhole
0: this week. I did. I did. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is um, having meetings get set up and really be robust. And we have a meeting management sort of protocol that we use. And what I'm seeing more and more, what both of us are seeing more and more in the workplace and in the teams that we work with is that people with the technology and the uh, emphasis of being more productive, people come to meetings and immediately a laptop's open or a cell phone is being used. And so I decided to do a little research on what is the dynamic of that. And I, I found a fantastic article published in 2022 in the Sage Journal by De Bruin and Barber, specifically about um, technology, the uh, the electronic multitasking of a meeting. What does that do to the meeting dynamics and to the people in the meetings? Well, and two things that we're really passionate
1: about, right? Which is really highly effective, um, productive, engaging meetings, and uh, the sense of well being and community and and relationships at work is as it relates to the culture and just you know all right. of that. Right. area. So, yeah, this is um this is a piece. I don't I don't understand uh sometimes the differences in the generations. I mean, logically, yeah, I understand it. Uh however, what I can tell you is that the generations of Kathy and I and and you know, a little bit older than us approach this very differently than those that I know that are in their 20s and
0: 30s. Yes, that's true. Because I know as when I'm facilitating a group, and I see that happen, I tend to immediately, uh, that's a flashpoint for me, if people in the meeting, unless the meeting has been set up to be a work session, and people have been told to bring your laptops, we're going to, we're going to dive into something. To me, it's, you're not focusing on this meeting. You're not giving attention to this issue and the people in the room. So for me, it's a flashpoint. And I know when I read this research, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, yes, uh, the more senior in the workforce see this as a violation. Very
1: much so. So yeah, let's let's set the context a little mm-hmm. bit here. Give that around. Set the stage. Uh, for everyone, we typically teach all of our clients um, and part of our leadership development um, some specific, as Kathy mentioned, protocols to having great meetings. They're called magic meetings sometimes, and mm-hmm. and we've got some background. However, it goes so much further than that, and especially after reading through this whole uh, study, it, it was it's super interesting how far it goes. So let's just say. You're coming together with your group, you know, and now we've got hybrids and we've got, you know, fully virtual work as well as in person. So let's bring in another huge level of dynamic uh, action to it. However, you're coming together for your typical meeting, right? There's five, six, eight, ten of you in a room, whatever it might be, and you're going to tackle the topic at hand.
0: Yes, yes, and... And maybe that is, like I said, a, a work session. But um, what's interesting is that this study specifically talked about electronic multitasking. Right. So we're talking so, about cell phones and laptops yeah. in meetings. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been there's a statistic that's been out there for many, many years that this, um, this study also cited. And that, that is let's also set the context around how many meetings happen
1: on a daily basis. I was stunned and I don't know where, (laughs) how they technically gather this because I can guarantee you they didn't count like our team meetings last week. (laughs) So we know it's probably a bare minimum.
0: I would say it's a bare minimum. The study that was cited in this research paper was um, from Allen in 2008. So this is really dated. And back then, 11,000 meetings take 11 place. Mil- million. 11 million, sorry. Right. 11 million take place on a daily basis in the U.S. alone. That's just the U.S., and it's it's probably way bigger than that now. Well, especially with remote work, yeah, right? right? And now
1: you've got to get on to those type of meetings because you can't have your hallway conversations right. and that type of interaction as right. easily.
0: And by and large, most employees judge more than half of the meetings they're in as ineffective. So, again, yes. that brings speaks to our passion that we already talked about. So you already have set the stage for people have a lot of meetings. Yes. Probably a lot of them are in an electronic medium at this point already. And most people judge them as ineffective. So that, there you go.
1: Right. <laughs> so let's just,
0: let's just say for,
1: you know, uh, to give it the benefit of the doubt, that the meetings we're talking about today are necessary. Let's just say that that's yeah. a, a given for now. We'll take that off the table. Right. Right.
0: And then what happens, right? What happens and, and what makes them ineffective? You know, is it is it the behaviors, that, that it wasn't a well-thought-out meeting? Um, there's some examples, again, from studies in the mid-2012, um, 2013, 2015 that cited uh, counterproductive meeting behaviors, a specific term, CMBs. And some of those are... Okay, have you ever seen this happen? People arrive late. Oh, that is We just is had a meeting. Biggest pet peeve. We just had a meeting the other day. What was the most... It was a two-hour meeting. Yes. What was the most tardy team member?
1: We were finally 43 minutes into the two hours when the final person that was supposed to be there showed up. How do you think that... Well, how did that make you feel as the primary presenter? Well, I was already on edge at one minute after the top of the yeah. hour Based on the fact that that is an expectation we already set. Right. Right.
0: Then uh, another one is side conversations. That's a little, that's harder to judge in a a Zoom world or MS Teams world, but certainly it it goes on.
1: And we've had to give people a a pass on some of those, right? You can't (laughs) help that your cat runs across your screen you know, and you've got to, you know, ask somebody to please come get the cat or, you know, the child runs in or. And needs something. And, and needs and, something. Yeah. Right. So we, we've learned. And actually, I think that part is really good. That's a, that's a compassionate, caring behavior and an understanding that we
0: all have life. Of course, those are the ones you see. Those are the ones you see. What about True. two screens, three screens that people have if you're in a, a, a virtual meeting? You, you may not even know. You wouldn't even know what else they're doing. I mean, yeah. I
1: guarantee you that someone is playing a game. Oh, sure. yeah, I guarantee you yeah. that they yeah. are.
0: Yeah. Um, another uh, CMB uh, specifically cited, and you guys probably have a lot, you know, get online, tell us all your CMBs. Yes. Um, discussing uh, to- topics that aren't relevant to the meeting that's supposed to be occurring. That one is very frequent. Yes. Somebody's got a particular issue that's cropped up, hijacks the meeting, Um, maybe just as important, but you really need to discuss the topic at hand. Yeah. And if you don't have a
1: structure in your meeting to address that, because the last thing that you want to do uh, as a team member or as the leader running that meeting is to uh, ignore it. Right. And, you know, shuffle it off aside. Right. People need to feel heard and valued. So, mm-hmm. you know, have have the issue been? That's not new to to people out no. there. The parking lot or whatever it is you want to call it.
0: Right. But A- that's acknowledge, up to the leader. Yeah. Acknowledge its importance. But, hey, we've we've got to stick to this. Task yes. And or maybe I mean, because you might not have the right people in the room to switch, even if that other priority is very, very important. Yeah, the staging it. Yeah, it's not the time, right? Right, it's not the time right. for it. And for the
1: other fun ones, like uh, I found this great new coffee this morning, and all of a sudden you're down a rabbit hole, right? You know that happens too, and and is okay. And it, right. you know sometimes I can just build some camaraderie and things. However, as the leader, you need to know when that little sidebar there
0: is done. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, going down the wormhole of this. This study, this research that actually includes so many more research studies that was fascinating that um, it talked about this multitasking idea and about the activity that it's – if it's not relevant to the meeting, you know, more than 75 percent of the time that happens, that you you get these things that crop up, that multitasking – More than 75 percent of the time, side conversations, coming late, um, growing down the rabbit hole or working on something entirely different, 75 percent of the time it's not relevant to the meeting at hand. How do we let that happen? Oh, my gosh. And I I wouldn't even be able to count how many meetings
1: I've been in where I know that that's the other person. They came in. They're behind on a project. They're, They're supposed to be there, but they don't really want to be there. And so they're just showing up, filling the seat. Doing the thing, checking the box. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna sit there and work on that project and pretend like they're listening and sometimes even tell you. They're like, oh yeah, no, no, no. No, it's fine. I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm like, no, you're, you're not. not. <laughs> you are not fully and if you think that's listening, yeah. I'd yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, that's that's like <laughs> Well, I know that's, <laughs> that's a, a whole topic. Other you're topic. Passionate. But yeah, multitasking is another uh oh. topic topic in general because it's science has proven that can't happen. You're switch tasking. It's switch tasking. I mean, it's back to the original um, creation
1: of computers, right? And the computer doesn't even multitask. The computer switch tasks, you know, just at lightning speed. So again, just for the record out there, folks, if you ever (laughs) want to talk to me about how great you are at multitasking or how you've gotten past that and your multitasking is actually effective and different... It's going to be a long old conversation with me because no, it, it's no. And, and there's a million studies that yeah. show that having to turn on and off your brain every single time you want to do something different, you actually lose time.
0: Yes. Right. Right. That's women correct. get a
1: big badge of honor, which is why I think I get a little passionate about that, too. Oh, women are so great at multitasking. That's one of my things. I actually saw it as a, a like third bullet point on a slide the other day for what makes women leaders so great is that they can multitask. And I'm like, damn, no, you don't. That is a a total illusion. Total illusion.
0: So this study, again, focused on electronic multitasking, um, set up these three vignettes um, that they went through, sort of setting the stage for, okay, is this common in or it is common in this particular organization, and so set that stage and then solicited uh, impressions from the people who were in that particular study. Then one that said, no, it's, you know, the switch tasking is happening, but not it's not related to the work. And so one completely anonymous, don't know what they're doing when they're switch tasking. The other was, yeah, they're... They're not. And, and then, you know, how does that impact the people in the room? And this was the fascinating part to me. This is where I really got into it because I knew how I felt about it. But, um, you know, what are people's views on, on that type of behavior? And what's the impact to the team? And we've talked a little bit about this being a cultural
1: issue. And that's I think that's really the crux of it all, is it really does have an impact mm-hmm. beyond just immediate, you know, frustration or a little bit of irritance, right? Mm -hmm. When, I think it comes down to communication, right? Because when you and I talked, it's like, okay, if Joe's going to sit there and um, jump on his laptop without telling anybody that he's looking for a particular item that might help us solve this problem right now, Mm -hmm. well, now the whole meeting is at risk because unless you know Joe extremely well and you know that that's his typical behavior – um, you have no idea what he's doing. He might be sending an email to his brother, right? I mean, nobody right. knows. So immediately, my eye comes out of the present. It's it's distracting, right? So I'm looking at Joe, thinking, "Well, now what are you doing? Now you're not listening to the meeting either." Do you? And think then what you don't did that to do there? to you? Oh, then all of a sudden. First of all, I'm pissed, and then and then you're not focused, and on and then the meeting. I'm not focused on the meeting <laughs> right. and and engaged yeah. properly, mm-hmm. and then people are watching my reaction, and it's this whole big chain thing, right? From right. that one little thing, right? Now, if Joe came in and sat down and said, "Oh, hey guys, based on that." Let me look up this item right here and see if I can find that for us because that might help right now.
0: Yeah. Now we're good,
1: right? That's relevant, Mm -hmm. like you talked about. Maybe maybe relevant. And maybe it's still
0: a distraction because it needs to be done after the meeting. Right. It may not be appropriate to occur right, right then and there that may be perceived as a hijack of the meeting as well. Right. You
1: don't always need to do the work inside the meeting. Right. Right? Sometimes it's about right. listening and paying attention and talking things through and then coming up with your task list. Right. Right. Afterwards.
0: So s- some of it depends as you you I want to tag on something that you said that I maybe I know Joe and that's Joe's nature or Beth's nature. Um, to help the team immediately. I'm going to help bring something to the situation. Like this study pointed out that in some cases, people's views of the behavior are shaped by your knowledge of the other person. Yes. If I know it
1: really well, like if I know you really well, I know that likely whatever you're doing on there, if you haven't said something, you're not ordering balloons for your sister's birthday. Right. Right. It's relevant to the meeting. However, it still feels very disconnected. Yes. To me, I mean like mm-hmm. how many times have you been in a meeting over the decades and you're really truly mid-sentence saying something crucial, you know, in the midst of the meeting and the person across the table is looking at you and then all of a sudden they just go to pick up their phone or they go to their laptop and start doing something. Right. I I don't think people could feel less valued. Right on their voice in that right. case, right. and this is where the impact comes in. Right, yes.
0: right, right. And and this study, um, De Bruin and Barber's study, also pointed out that the greatest uh, people, the 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 people who tend to, in the anonymous study, feel most like you're violating the team ecos, uh, ecosystem, are your most senior workers because that's not how perhaps. It's not good likely, leadership uh, That's not how they were raised to be in a meeting either. Well, no, because we didn't have technology right. back in the day. And women.
1: Oh, and women—that's so a whole other episode, people. That,
0: that is because women typically have a hard time um, speaking up and having their um, their voice heard. So, if you know, if the person uh, across the way. Is going down that rabbit hole while they're speaking, how do you think that makes that uh, female leader, rising leader, contributive, free? a new person, right. even. And if
1: as a leader you're not recognizing that and shifting it, calling it out in some form, uh, in some sort of healthy form, then you're tolerating and modeling that exact behavior. Right. Again, you're going to get more
0: of it. Going back to culture, going yes. back to the culture of the organization. And um, what are the ways that people can act out if that starts to become a habit? I love this part when you told me what
1: this study found. So if people behave that way in a meeting and I am frustrated or offended or I feel a million different ways about how that went, instead of talking to them or trying to elevate the behavior next time or whatever, what did they find out happened?
0: Uh, they tended to engage in that behavior as retaliation. Yes. They doubled down. (laughs) doubled
1: down. And went and did the same exact behavior they just hated. Hated. (laughs) Humans are so funky, aren't we? Yes. Right? You'd think we'd be beyond that or aware of that, but clearly we're not. (laughs) So,
0: again, it it comes down to are you uh, reinforcing the behaviors that you desire or need in the team? Uh, in the culture of the organization, or are you are you allowing this to be um, non productive set of behaviors that emerges? Right, and then that builds
1: on mm-hmm. culture, and then it comes back to this other piece um, that the study talked about, which is um, communal. And you and I spend a lot of time working on working with our clients mm-hmm. on this too. I mean, I, I've never seen a more crucial time. For sense of community and belonging and mm-hmm. compassion, um, a need for that in yes. the workplace uh, and just across life as a whole, then we see the need for now.
0: Yes, yes, and and this study talked about again another detrimental effect to um, allowing the electronic multitasking to happen if it's not the norm um, and if it's not you know called out as. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this now and that's acceptable to, to divert, um, it seemed as being not helping the community. And so they're, therefore you're degrading the behaviors that people desire in communalism of being generous Mm-hmm. trustworthy trustworthy and, that, and i think that's inc- a really interesting one that if if you're doing this you're not deemed trustworthy and you're not de- deemed cooperative and if you're not
1: if you're eroding trust by these behaviors yeah. in a meeting and as a leader you're not calling them out and not um, demanding that things shift mm-hmm. um boy you've opened a pandora's box right in your culture and your organization across the board when that trustworthiness becomes rocky.
0: Yeah, I, I thought those were three very interesting um, results from the study of people's perceptions of when you when you violate me by by not paying attention in the meeting, I'm going to start to say, you know, you're not very trustworthy mm-hmm. and you could even be doing a task for the team. So that's the generous generosity one c- coming into play is very interesting as well. But it brings up our own um,
1: stereotypes, yeah, right? That we mm-hmm. automatically have. It's like maybe it's a you know a person's been around for six months, and I've already sort of formed an opinion. But I don't know, um, you know, Stephanie well. But I've kind of you know I'm a little maybe ambiguous on you know I don't know if she's doing a great job or I don't know her very well or whatever. All these stories we make right. up, right, as humans, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden she brings that behavior in on top of it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a very different um, presupposition on that than you will because you work at the desk next to her all day long, for instance, right?
0: Right, Right. sort of coming back to that. How well do I know that person? And bias.
1: Oh, wow, is it going to bring in an opportunity for bias to
0: rear its ugly head too? Yeah. So how how do we um, make these more productive? How do we make this um, either – a productive norm in our meetings or, you know, how do we set the stage for maybe this isn't the right thing? It's all about, because to me, it's all about culture and all about setting expectations. I mean, yeah,
1: it's so totally true. I think um, what comes to mind for me first, which is why I was thinking for a second, is it, it, it really does start with cultural behavior. So if an organization hasn't taken the time to slow down and understand what behaviors they desire, it's pretty hard to do on the run. Mm -hmm. However, one thing that leaders can do is design your styles of meetings, right? Name them whatever you want to name them. Name them something funky. You know, these are red monkey meetings, and that means we behave this way, and we have this equipment with us, and here Mm -hmm. are the the meeting rules, right? Or it's the you know, the green elephant, (laughs) right? whatever, find it. But then communicate that to your team so that they know, oh, here's the expectation. Um, Are there any um,
0: penalties for things? Like if people are chronically late, what do you do? Yeah, there's got to be consequences of that. But I I think that's an important point where you were saying about naming the type of meeting because um, in – the fast pace, you know, startups and things like that, people often say, oh, these, you know, we take so much time doing unnecessary things. Well, and the study showed, you know, 75% of employees feel meetings are unnecessary or um, half of people feel that way. So, you know, there's certain things that have to, certain things do need to go slow and other things need to go fast. And we have to acknowledge that.
1: Which is why in the meeting organization that, Um, template that you initially created. It was about what is the purpose of this meeting and what is the desired outcome? Right. So everyone is really clear. Right. And it's otherwise it's like, I don't know, we're supposed to be talking about X and Y today and I don't know what the outcome is supposed to be. And you kind of wrap it up and go, "Okay, folks, off we go. Right. Everyone's got their stuff. Well, did we really get to where we wanted to be? And I think that's where it adds to the confusion of people think that could have been an email.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Or that could have handled in slack. Yeah. That's what we always say. Do you need a meeting and who should be there? How long? And and think about people's attention spans. And and,
1: And now even with the remote work, really, I mean, all these, you know, instant messaging type platforms, how many things could be solved, you know, without gathering for a meeting for people and make sure that you do have the right people there and not the wrong people. And then pay attention to the generations, you know, know that if this behavior happens, those more senior people in age and stature on your team are likely to be much more triggered by this electronic focused, you know, behavior than the 25, 35 year old, which Mm -hmm. if you've listened to our episodes at all, I'm a champion for the millennials and, and the Gen Zers. In so many ways, because I think they get a bad rap far too often. However, I'm going to poke back this one particular time and say they're the most guilty of electronic uh, diversion Mm -hmm. during meetings. And I think they look at it as effective use of time. right? Maybe like they can do the multitasking. I don't know. It's... I think it's how they've
0: been I, raised. I think it's, well, they, right. they were born into technology and, and yes. working across platforms. So that's kind of just, the, it's, it's the it's a behavior. It's a learned behavior. It's a behavior. Yeah. What I would say, though, is they
1: could use a lot of work on um, communal, communal behavior, <laughs> right. Right. Right? right? And understanding the value and the traits of what community means. Yeah. And uh, it does not mean staring uh, at your phone or anything, so right. so take a few of these um, ideas, reevaluate how your team is coming together. What are you doing as a leader? Um, right. to emulate the behaviors and to find really healthy
0: ways to shift this or call it out directly. Yeah, so important, so important. And um, well, we hope that you uh, have some great, productive, only necessary meetings in yes, the future. where everyone's paying and, great
1: attention and is yeah. fully engaged. If you've got ideas, um, pushback, other things, we always want to hear from you. So, right. and if you've not hit the subscribe button yet,
0: TikTok. Talk. Yeah. All right. That. Thanks. You had a great conversation today, and everyone out there, have a great day. Yes. Thanks for joining us today for the Pink Grapefruit Podcast. If you would like assistance with organizational culture alignment, mentorship programs, strategic directioning, process optimization, or leader development, talk to us.
1: Absolutely. Find out more about our cutting-edge services at k2ohsolutions.com, where we're committed to elevating organizations of character. And if you like this podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button and join us every week. Until next time...